following sermon is a sermon by Ocean View Christian Church. Ocean View Christian Church exists to bring people in, build people up, and send people out for the glory of God. Good morning, saints. Trust that you are doing well. Trust that you are blessed, encouraged, and safe during this time. I must add that I really miss being together And we just trust in the Lord that He will make a day, those days available for us to get together again. But for now, let us not give up. He has not forgotten about us. He loves us. He loved us yesterday. He loves us today. And He will love us tomorrow. Let us keep on being hungry for Him. Let us keep on desiring Him. Because He will fill us. May He fill you this morning as you hear God's Word. So since this morning, I wanted us to look at second at First Peter chapter 2 from verse 9 to verse 12. And first Peter chapter 2 from verse 9 to 12, Paul says, Peter says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh and which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the visitation. Hallelujah on the day of visitation. This morning I've got some encouragements for you, um, saints. As you are sitting there or as you are laying there listening to God's word this morning, I want to encourage you from God's word. I want to give you the same encouragements that Peter gave to the church in those days. And, and, and here's what we want to see from this thing is, we see three things basically that the text unfolds. Firstly, the text unfolds the Christian's distinctiveness. Say with me, the Christian's distinctiveness. That means there's a sense of distinctness of the Christian, or there's a sense of differentness of the Christian. There's a sense of something that makes the Christian the Christian. And the key word is identity. So a Christian has a distinctiveness of being, which means it has an, its identity. So if you're in the world, your identity is worldly. But you are, if you are in Christ, your, Christ, your identity is infused with the righteousness of Christ. And you now have a Christian identity. And if you look at the things that, that, that Peter reminds them of, Peter says, you are a chosen race. He says, you are a royal priesthood. He says, you are a holy nation. He says, you are a people of his own possession. Now, if those things don't excite you, I must tell you this morning, it excites me. Knowing that we are chosen, 
knowing that we are royal, knowing that we are holy, and knowing that we belong to Jesus, that will get us through any trial, any suffering, any persecution, any crisis that the world may bring. Because I know and we know who we are, but most importantly, we know whose we are. And that's great if you know whose you are. It says, you are. Then it says, you belong to God. It says, uh, it says that you may proclaim His excellencies. I like that. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, it says, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mercy rewrote all of our lives. Mercy and grace rewrote all of our lives. Where would we be if not for the grace of Jesus? Where would we be if He hadn't have pulled us out of the mighty clay and set our feet upon a rock? He has saved us. He has changed us. And we stand for Him. And because we stand for Him, what can stand against us? If our God is for us, who can stand against us? It's important that we know who we are. It's important that we know whose we are because with this our, our crisis will never devalue our faith but our crisis will bring value to our faith when we understand who we are and whose we are not knowing who you are when crisis comes it will devalue your faith sometimes many crises strip one's faith away from oneself but when we know who we are crisis and trials and tribulation brings value. It brings value because we are able to overcome it. Hey, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, saints. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome. We overcome. I like, I like when, 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 when John asks in the book of Revelations and, and they ask you, who are these? Who are these in white robes? I don't know if you've heard that scripture, but it's in Revelation chapter 4. It says, who are these? Revelation chapter 4. Who are these that are in white robes? And the answer is, these are they who, are, who have come out of great tribulation and have washed their clothes white in the blood of the Lamb. We will go through persecution. We will go through trials. We will go through crisis. But our identity will help us to be able to stand firm during these times of crisis. Hallelujah. He reminds them that Christians have a distinctiveness. It makes us different. Then the second thing is Christians have a distinctiveness but then Christians have a declaration. <laughs> they, you know, why are you different? So there is something, who you are, what you must do, hallelujah, and how you must do it. So who you are is your distinctiveness as a Christian. But what you must do is since knowing who you are, how, what, do, what does knowing who we are make us do? Knowing who we are makes us do. If you look at the verse there, it says from verse from verse ten, it says from verse nine that you may proclaim 
the excellencies of Him who called you. You are, for a certain reason, you are a chosen race. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are people of His own position. But it's only it's because that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you. <laughs> who are you going to proclaim? You are going to proclaim Jesus. And many a times there's a statement that goes out, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. I want to tell you this morning, use words. Hallelujah. Scripture tells us to use words, to proclaim and to share the love of Jesus, to proclaim the one that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's what we are. People must hear of the God that has brought us from nothing and has brought us to something. And we stand for Him. Hallelujah. Because we know where we've come from. We must stop behaving as people. We are so scared to share the gospel as if we've come from nothing. But we've come from something. We've come from darkness into light. We, we were not received mercy but now we have received mercy. Isn't that something that should be uh, um, uh, getting, being birthed inside of us that can't wait to come out, that can't wait to be shared? Because what makes us happen is when we know who Christ is on the inside, it makes us speak. And I like that where, where it says, Whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth. Why is it always believe in your heart? Because your heart will make you confess. Your mind will make you confess. When you know Jesus in that truest sense, what can stop you from declaring the one that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Oh, share him. Hallelujah. So a Christian has a distinctiveness. A Christian has a declaration or a message to tell. But also a Christian has deeds that need to be done. And there's the thing. Who we are, our distinctiveness. What should we do? Proclaim. What should, how should we do it? By our deeds. Now, we don't do these things so that God could, can, can, can see us and accredit us as righteous. The reason why we do good works, because God has already accredited us righteous in Jesus Christ. We don't have to do anything to earn merit from Him. Why do we do good works? Because God is already doing a good work in our life. So good works, our good works, is a result of the greatest work of God in our life. We are good because God is good. Hallelujah. I'm preaching this morning. Hallelujah. We are good because God is good. So, now we are called to do good deeds. I love what it says here. Listen, blood, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against the passion, which wage war against your soul. Here's what it says. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable that when they speak against you as evildoers they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation so there's something that we as the Christian should do we should maintain our distinctiveness we should maintain our declaration and we should maintain our deeds that God has prepared for us in advance to do 
I want to encourage you with 10 encouragements from this passage. Because the most important thing is, if you don't know who you are, what you declare will be nothing. What you do will mean nothing. So the outflow of knowing who we are always results in what we say and what we do. So if you don't know who you are, what you say and what you do is not a, pro- is not a proper reflection of the one who has saved you. The one who has changed you. But when you have this knowledge, you then have this knowledge to a full extent, to an ever increasing extent. You are able to give a proper reflection through your words and through your deeds. Hallelujah. Because knowing who you are will ultimately change your life. I want to encourage you this morning with 10 encouragements from this verse. Just to end this morning. The first encouragement is we are part of a chosen race. That is God's family made up of the nations of the earth. We are part of a chosen race. That is God's family that is made up of all the nations of the earth. This is a distinctive family. This is a multicultural family. This is a multi-diverse family. Woo! This is multi-ethnic. Alistair Dun met a mix pot. That's what we are. <laughs> we are a mix pot. The second encouragement is that we are part of a royal priesthood. So being part of a royal priesthood means that we are set aside by God like the like the holiest leaders of the Old Testament. And, and, and being part of this royal priesthood means that we are filled with the Spirit as God's temple for ministry. We are filled with the Spirit as God's temple for ministry. So never forget that. Thirdly, we are part of a holy nation. We are part of God's people who are forgiven. Part of God's people who are made clean. We are part of God's people who are ensured with a perfect eternity that is free from sin. And that's what makes us holy. We are set apart from the world and we are set apart unto God. Fourthly, we are a people for His own possession. That we may proclaim the excellencies of Him. So that we have this reason, saints. We have this reason for joy and this good news to share with others that others will meet Jesus Christ. Fifthly, we were called, saints, out of darkness into His marvelous light. We were called out of darkness into His marvelous light. So that, so that, we were called out of His darkness into His marvelous light. So that the dark and disgusting and discouraging parts of our past are not who we are or what the future holds for us. Sixth, once since we were not a people, but now we are God's people, having been chosen by God to be on His team. We belong to Him. It's team Jesus. As Jesus taught Latu, we belong to Jesus. Verse 7, you once had not received, seventhly, you once had not received mercy, but now you had received mercy from God. You've received mercy from a God who is patient with you. He is loving with you and is devoted toward you. Isn't this encouraging? Eighth, 
We are part of God's beloved family and loved every day like a bride on her wedding day. Oh, like a child on, a bir- on his birthday. We are loved that way by God. Ninth, we are part of a people who are sojourners. Hey, I like this. Who are exiles, which explains why this world doesn't fit us. We never feel at home here. And explains why arriving in the kingdom will be the most relieving and satisfying moment in our lives. We are but sojourners. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we await a savior from there. That will be the most relieving time. That will be the most satisfying time when we arrive home. Tenth, we can now abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against our souls and walk in victory over the self-destructive patterns that walk against our well-being. When Peter closes this verse, this text, he reminds us that the critics and our haters will speak evil of us. Never mind what the haters say. (laughs) Because the haters don't define who you are. God's word defines who you are. And that And that's simply when they test our faith. They want to test our faith. Their simple way of testing is to see if we really believe in the Jesus that we confess. That's why I always say, your words and your actions will be an outflow of your knowledge. If we continue, saints, to live in the love of God, to live in that love that God has for us, we will not only be ready to see Jesus, saints, we won't be able to ready to see Jesus, but we will also be able to help others become Christians. And isn't that the goal? It's not just us becoming followers of Christ, but it's allowing many others to be part of these glorious truths. So that the identity that shapes us will be the identity that shapes many people around us. Then we truly will be that kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to start. It will help us. Knowing who we are will help us start with our friends, starting with our neighbors, starting with our colleagues. And many of these people are watching our life, saints, to see if Christ works. They're watching our life to see if Christ works. The best way that we can do Christ's works is when we allow Christ to work in us. I'm saying that to you this morning. The best way that we can do Christ's work is when we allow Christ to work in us. When we allow Christ to form and to shape and to work our identity, that's when we can do Christ's work. Because we know who we are. And when we know who we are, it gives more value to what we say. Don't let this crisis define you, saints. Let this crisis bring value to your faith. May it set you up upon that hill. May it set you up upon that rock, that firm place to stand. Your hope is not in your crisis, but your hope is in Jesus, who is the true bringer of your identity. Saints, I pray this this morning, that we will not be moved, that we will stand firm, that we will know who and whose we are. We know who we are. We know we have a message to give and we know we have work to do only because you work in us. 
May the Lord be with us, in front of us to lead us, beside us to encourage, above us to watch over us, beneath us to lift us up, and within us to give us peace. We all say, Amen. Hallelujah, saints. Be blessed today. Hallelujah.